uh, I probably physically may not be able to. Brother, I appreciate what you had to say today. It was excellent and very needed. And you know, that's something we all need in life is we need to be real and transparent with each other. And people need to realize that preachers and ministers and those in what we call leadership, we're just as human as the next person. We get down, we we struggle, and some days we sit in the chair and cry. Some days we sit and we wonder, God, what do I do next? Where do I go from here? Today I want to talk about a remedy that helps us through that. Second Timothy 4, 6 through 8, my closing verses from the Sunday school. I will read it once again. For I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. Somebody say that phrase with me. I have kept the faith. What happens when you do that? Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at the day, and not to me only. Listen to this last phrase here. But to all them also that love his appearing. It's something never none of us have seen, but we have felt his appearing. We haven't seen his appearing, but we have felt it. I have felt it here today. I have felt his appearing in this house. I just hadn't seen him. Today, for a few moments, I want to preach. I taught this morning, but this afternoon, I'm going to preach for just a little bit. A few, few moments on the this single word, stay. Everybody say that, stay. Lord, bless. Open our hearts and spirit. Help us receive what you have for us today. In the mighty, awesome name of Jesus, we ask God. In Jesus' name. Church, say amen. Amen. There's no doubt that we are living in the hour of the uncommitted. Unfortunately, 39% of marriages end in divorce in the United States. And I would dare say that that number would be higher because many just don't get married. They don't even commit to get married, and they just live together, so that number could even be higher because we have a commitment problem in our generation. I have had the same phone number for over 15 years. Now, y'all might think that's funny. But some of the contacts of my phone, I have multiple numbers, and none of those are even the right one for the person I have listed. What about Facebook accounts? You know how big of a challenge it is to tag some people for the church events that we make here? I start typing their name, trying to tag them, and six, seven. I, I recently cleaned out my Facebook friends account, and I deleted some people over ten times. And I... 
I just went ahead and deleted them all. I thought, well, if they, if they miss me, they'll ask me to be friends again, and I'll know who they really are. <laughs> Can you not just stay with one account? <laughs> I see a couple clapping hands and amen back there. Do you have so-and-so's number? I've had that a few times, and I've, I say, yes, ten of them. I'm not joking you. Look at the person beside you and tell them, stay. <laughs> why, is it, why is it so hard for people to stay in church? Why is it so challenging for people to stay faithful to the house of God? What makes it so hard for us to stay in prayer? Why is it so easy to stay on Facebook and not in the book, the Word of God? Why, why, why is it so easy to stay negative and not stay positive? Why is it so easy sometimes to be angry at somebody and not love them? Why is it so easy to keep that unforgiveness in our heart instead of forgiving someone? Someone say it loud with me. Say, stay. stay. I'm not going to be real long today, but I do want to be uh, try to be help somebody, help us today. See, I, I think the problem with our generation that there is just too... They're today that there are people in such a hurry to 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 get to get away, to run away from things. Not committed. Not not committed to things in this world. I, I was doing a little bit of searching with this, and I I found the average stay if somebody stays at a job, it depends on what age they are, whether they're uh, millennials or whether they're Generation X, boomers or whatever, and. And uh, it seemed like the average person stays is anywhere from one to three years at a job. I'm in the same job almost 29 years. And one thing I'm pretty, almost to a fault, I, I stay around too long sometimes. <laughs> but we don't stay. We miss the blessings of God. We run away from the blessings of God. God wants to bless us so many times, Brother Texas, but we won't stay in a certain spot long enough for God to bless us when we run away from it. God's desire. He said it was His good pleasure to give us the kingdom, but, but Brother David, He has a hard time getting us to stay in one spot long enough that He can give us the kingdom. Amen. There's a guy and his friend, they're, they're at a baseball game and their team begins to lose. And the one guy, he said, I can't take this no longer. I'm leaving. I'm not staying at this game. So he gets up. He leaves the ball game. When he finally gets home, he turns on his television to find out, uh, to see who won the game. And he finds his friends on the TV. The news announcer says to his friends, congratulations, you got the winning home run ball. And you also won a million dollars along with that ball. The news announcer says, tell us, how did it happen? The guy says they called for seat number, uh, whatever it was, and that was the seat my buddy had, but he left the game. 
So I took the one next to my seat, which was his seat. I don't know if that's true or not, but it seems like that happens so many times. Reading my daily reading this week, a sermon that I, I probably like to preach someday, and I might mess it up just a little bit. Didn't, didn't have it my, uh, what I wrote down today, but uh, um, you know what? If, if Judas had just stayed a little bit longer that day that they had that the Lord brought them in there and washed their feet if he had stayed just a little bit longer he might not have betrayed Jesus Amen. because Judas missed the most important sermon ever preached by Jesus in that upper room with them disciples that day when he decided I've got to run and get a hold of something else because I was reading through John and, and, and we said, and, and, and Judas, he, uh, the Lord says, and said, whatever you're going to do, go ahead and do. And he gets up and leaves and then Jesus begins to pour out to them disciples some very important things that they were going to need in their life because if he hadn't poured that out at that time, Peter could have been just the same as Judas because the only difference between Judas and Peter was the fact that Peter didn't give up, uh, Judas didn't give up and go, uh, Judas went and hung himself and gave up on it and Peter went by both of them went and, and wept bitterly. But the difference was that Peter got back up from where he was and he stayed there with the Lord. Amen. We're all going to fall. We're all going to fail. We're all going to have times in life when life is hard and tough and we don't know what we're going to do, Sister Janet. But the important thing is we got to learn how to stay, praise God. Stay in the church. Stay in prayer. Stay in the Word. Stay faithful. Stay faithful, praise God, to everything we know of the house of God. God wants to bless us, but we've got to be willing to stay it out. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. It seems like people take more pleasure in people failing than they do in succeeding. And I know, hallelujah, eyes are on our church right now. Eyes are on Harvest House. I promise you they are because people's talking about it, wondering what's going to happen. Wonder after 15 years, are they still going to go on? Are they still going to make it? But I wonder if I could get a church behind this man of God that say, Pastor, I'm with you. I'm going to stay with you through the thick and stay with you through the thin no matter what happens no matter what comes no matter what goes I'm going to stay pastor I'm not going to leave hallelujah and let me tell you what it's easy to say I'll be with you all the way to the end praise God but let me tell you what when the battle gets tough are you willing just to stand there praise God and say I'm not going nowhere Paul told the Ephesians church in 6 10 through uh, 10 verses 10 and 11. He said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Amen. What did he say? Just stand there for Just stand there. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm searching for someone who will put on the armor of God. Just stand with me. Amen. Someone, and I'm, I'm not just the one, so God's looking for somebody that'll just stand there, praise God. And those of you that, that wasn't up here for uh, Sunday school, you kind of missed my little story I told at the end where uh, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the young man 
went out and took his cousins out in the field and they just stayed in the field. I wonder if somebody would just stay in the field because that's the only way we're ever going to have revival around here. Praise God. I, I love the church. We've done some updates. It looks good. We still got sagging roofs and we got floors, uh, basements that leak every once in a while. But let me tell you what, this is not the church. This is not the church, the field. It's out there. The harvest is out there. We got to be willing to get out there and stay in the field. Stay in the battle. Come on. Someone, will you stay in the battle? Praise God. Will you stay here? Praise God. Let's fight this good fight of faith. Let's lay hold on eternal life. Praise God. Let's fight for the good. God's got a revival. It's not it's not exclusively in Marion, Kentucky. Hallelujah. There's revival yet. Praise God for Brother Warren. Hallelujah. And Brother Fox and them. Or whoever, uh, Brother Fox and Henderson. Brother, Brother Warren and Sturgis. There's revival. There's revival in Salem, Kentucky. There's revival in Smithland, Kentucky. Hallelujah. Lighthouse in Madisonville took over the little church here just about six miles down the road here in Fredonia. Now it says Lighthouse of Fredonia. Somebody says, does that bother you, Brother Orton, to moving in? No! I'm not a competition against the lighthouse or brother Warren I'm in competition against the devil praise God if he can win souls praise God that we've not reached so be it that's alright praise God but we need somebody to stay in the battle somebody to stay in the fight somebody to get on their knees and fight praise God as this brother was talking sometimes you may not have enough uh, uh, gumption or, 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 or you're not you're, you know, you're that, that person don't want to talk to nobody well, get on your knees and talk to Jesus and stay in prayer while somebody's knocking the door, while somebody's teaching a Bible study. But my goodness, we got to stay this house. We got to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. 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 I'll be honest with you. Oh, I'm, I'm going to tell you that right now. Never mind. I might tell you. I'll, I'll see if it feels right before today's over. You have to wait on that one. Why does some stay in church and some don't? Why does some, and, and mind me, when I say stay in church, I, I'm talking about really being saved. Because I've seen people come and be in church for 20 years and never be saved. Just because you come to church don't mean you're in church. Over 15 years of pastoring and 25 years of preaching, I've come to the conclusion that there is one major factor that causes someone to stay in church. After I've thought about it, and I have, in prayer yesterday morning, I was praying about today. I'll be honest, I kind of knew what I was going to do for Sunday school. I knew the direction I was going to go, but I wasn't sure. I was still in that lingo about asking one of these boys. And the Lord put this word that I've had for a long time in my heart. Just preach to the church, talk to the church about staying. And since that moment, I've been thinking, God, what causes people to go? What causes people to stay? And as in my opinion, it all comes down to one thing. What causes somebody to stay, I believe, is connection. Have you ever loaded something up, whether it be on a trailer, 
whether it be on if you have a truck in your truck or maybe even the back of your vehicle. I mean, I, I may have seen them crazy pictures of people loading things on top of their vehicles like they don't belong on a vehicle, you know. I mean, I've seen all kinds of pictures like that, and you think, how in the world is that? How's that staying, even staying on there? Right? I've seen things, Sister Penny, on stuff that you know it didn't belong there, but it stayed on there. And I've seen stuff that, you know, on the back of a truck, on the back of a, or on a trailer, Sister Chassis, come off from it. Like, how did that come off? And the reason it didn't stay on there is one thing only. It wasn't connected right. And I've come to the conclusion that the one common denominator that keeps somebody in the church, in God, in the kingdom, is they have to be connected to God and to the church. We must be tied to the church to stay in the church. Because I'm going to tell you, the Word of God said, whatever can be shaken, will be shaken. But the church won't be shaken. I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about His church will not be shaken. I I, I read a story many years ago in a, a, a sermon illustration book about this guy that got caught out in the tide on top of a rock. And all of a sudden the tide come in and it got too deep for him to get off the rock to get back to the bank. So he just stayed on that rock till finally somebody got to him and rescued him. And somebody asked him, was you afraid while you was out on that rock and the winds and the waves were moving you all around? He said, I was a little afraid, but I knew I was going to be all right because the rock wasn't moving. You see, there's a rock in Christ Jesus that's not going to move. And if we can be firmly planted upon that rock, Sister Valma, we'll be connected to the church and we're not going to go anywhere. We've got to somehow, someway, tie ourselves to the church. Yes, amen. Yeah. amen. That's why, that's why a lot of times, you know, we, we read about the, uh, the horns of the altar. When they took that sacrifice and put it up on the altar, there's four horns on them corners. And you know what? That sacrifice wants to climb off in there because it's a living sacrifice. So they take them ropes and they, they, they connect that rope to them horns and they connect that rope to whatever animal they're sacrificing and they're connected to that. We've got to do that with our life. Romans 12 and 1 says that we are a living sacrifice praise God we got to take our flesh and we got to somehow connect it to the altar somehow connect it to the church or or brother Dave we're going to get up and walk away from there because I want to tell you what our flesh don't enjoy getting on our knees and praying our flesh don't enjoy opening up and, 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 and looking at the word of God and reading the word that's why it's easier to scroll Facebook and social media and binge watch television for hours and hours because that appeals to the flesh but if you're going to stay connected to God you've got to go beyond all that and you've got to stay in the word you're going to have something that connects you that draws you and pulls you in praise God because if you don't you'll walk out the door we'll have empty seats in the church like we do today and other things will be more important to you than the house of God because whatever we're connected to that's what we stick to right I said brother you're, you're off track no I'm not listen to Jesus Jesus talked about it. 
in, in, uh, talked about this connection thing in John 15 and 4, part of that sermon that, that, that Judas missed. See, Judas had already walked out the door. But in John 15 and 4, Jesus begins to tell them this. He said, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you accept uh, except you abide in me. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he cast forth his branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you you shall ask what you will and you shall be done and it shall be done to you what's Jesus saying here the only way you're going to stay and the only way you're going to have fruit in your life you've got to be connected to the tree praise God we are just the branches he is the tree and as long as we're connected to him we're going to bear fruit in our life and we're going to have something in our world praise God and you know what he goes on to say and anything you ask I'll give it to you that's great big words folks and if we can be connected Praise God to God. Yes, amen. 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 Somebody say connection. connection. You want to stay in the church? You got to get connected. Amen. You know why there's such a high divorce rate? There's a lack of connection in a marriage. Right. It's the same in the church. We've got to get connected to the church and with God. Amen. And, and here's what people say. Well, I, I just, I just want to pray and seek God, and that's the way I'll get. Uh, you know, that's great. We can get connected to God like that, but God didn't create us just to be all by ourselves. He didn't create us just to be an island. We need each other, and we need fellowship. Praise God. And whether we want to believe it or not, the way God connects usually anybody to the church is by somebody that branches out from the church and reaches out and grabs a hold of somebody out in the field by planting their seed in their life, praise God, and puts us all together. Amen. We've got to be connected to the church. And we've got to be connected to God. Amen. Connection is. The word connection means is a relationship in which a person, thing, or ideal is linked or associated with something else. The action of linking one thing with another. That is what connection is. And we can begin to link each other and link ourselves with God. Yes. Amen. Right? That's yeah. we, we, know, we know the scripture there where it says that two are better than one. But a threefold cord is not easily broken. Amen. Amen. You, you may get me, but if I'm connected, come on. I'm connected with him. It's not gonna be so easy. But then we connect to somebody else. Come on up here, David. Come on. Grab a hole. Link in here, honey. Get in there. Link in there. Grab him Jake over too. I might fall down. What happens though? Somebody can pick me back up. If you're out there all by yourself, you can't do that. We need a connection. We need somebody to connect with one another. That's how we stay. That's how we stay in the church. Amen. Thank you guys. That's how we're going to stay in the church. That's how we're going to grow the church. 
And the reason so many cannot stay in the church and be faithful to the house of God is because they're more connected with something else than they are the church. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Come on. And when a person is more connected to the world than they are God, then they will have a hard time staying in the church because the world is a great big pool out there. There are worldly connections out there that is pulling on our young people, praise God. Staying up all night long gaming and social media, it just pulls on them and pulls on them and pulls on them. What they need, they need a church that's a lighthouse and we can have a connection and we're reaching out to them, praise God, and we're getting a hold of them and showing them there's something greater than a game. There's something greater than pornography. There's something greater than relationship after relationship. You can get connected to God, hallelujah, and He can become everything that you need in your life. Amen. I know I've been talking about this eternal thing a whole lot lately, but I've come to the conclusion, Brother Dave, that the problem why so many people are having trouble coming to the house of God since we're more people are more connected to the world, the temporal, than they are the eternal. And then when the temporal begins to burn down and the, temp- the, the temporal begins to have flat tires and the temporal relationships begins to break apart, then they begin to break apart because they're connected to the wrong thing. God put us in this world, we're, but we're not of this world, praise God. We're from out of this world. He meant us to live eternally and not, praise God, just temporally. I'm telling you what, and we are all going to live eternally somewhere, but praise God, according to what we're connected to in this earth, it's going to be determine what we will be, how we'll live, praise God, in eternity. Amen. I'm glad he loves preaching. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to be much longer. I just want to encourage us today. If you want to stay in the church, get connected to the church. And let me tell you, you want your kids connected to church? Bring them. Amen. You know, I have, I, I can't tell you the times I've had people. This is, this is how it flows, okay? It's happened more than once. I just don't feel like I'm a part of the church no more. And without fail, this is the trend that leads to that, that conversation, that phone call, or that text message. This is the trend that I see. They go from up here worshiping to a few seats back to a few seats back to missing church on the midweek. And the next thing you know, they miss a few services. Then they miss a few more services. And then I check on them or they just text me or call, whichever the case is like. I just don't feel like I'm a part of the church no more. Yep. And the reason is, is because you have disconnected. That's right. yeah. And if you're not connected to what's going on, you're out of the loop yep. and you miss it. Yep. We've all been there. Yeah. We, every one of us have been there. Whether it be church or whatever it may be, the case, we all have been to that place. And I'm telling you, I, for 15 years of pastoring, the one common denominator that I have seen without fail that has kept people in the church is connection. That's right, 
And that responsibility falls on both sides of us, okay? You've got to be willing to come connect. And the church has got to be willing to meet in the middle. All right? And you know what? And this is what we got to understand. Unity, unity is not what we always think it is. Unity is not what we think it is. We think unity is that we got to have everything in our life lined up exactly, and we think and believe exactly right. right. Yeah. Honey, that ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. We, we fix and celebrate 28 years of marriage together. And I love her like life, but we don't agree. <laughs> All right? There's a lot of things we just don't agree with. But you know what? We keep that connection together with each other because we know that the bottom line is we want to stay together and we want to stay married. So we do what we can. Sometimes we just got to agree to disagree and say, we can't, okay, let's just leave that alone. And, and let, me, let me help your marriage out or your relationship with somebody out real quick. If you know what their trigger is, don't pull it. If you know what triggers them, I don't care if you are upset at them, don't pull it. Because when you do, it'll go off. And and this is this is me, okay? I'm being transparent here today. This is me, all right? I, I'm, I'm going to be real transparent, all right? When I get upset, I won't pull that trigger. And then I'm going to get mad at her for going off. <laughs> Whose fault is it? Yours. It's not hers, it's mine. I'm the one that pulled the trigger. I'm saying this for a reason. If we're going to have real unity and real revival in our church, we're going to have to be willing to come together and agree to disagree on some things and realize that the, that see, because what real unity is, is we come together for the big, common goal and purpose. And the purpose is not that you or I become the great big I, but that Jesus becomes what he is, the great big I am. He is the great I am. He is the king of kings. It's not about pastor. It's not about brother Daniel Orton's church. It's about the church that God has got in Marion, Kentucky. The one God apostolic Jesus name tongue talking church that's a lie to this city that wants to plant little churches all over this area. That's what this is about. It's not about brother Daniel Orton's church but it's about the greater good of the kingdom of God that souls be saved. Amen. Because here's the thing. Every one of us, we're lost and going to hell. Every one of us, we're slave to sin. But at Calvary, Jesus paid the price for our sin. Amen. And now then we become, as Paul said, I'm a slave to him, right? Right? <laughs> Let me read you some interesting scriptures. And I'm about to be done. Deuteronomy 15, verse 12 through 17. And if thy brother, an Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman, be sold unto thee and serve thee six years, then in the seventh year thou shalt let him go free from thee. And thou shalt, and when thou sendest him out free from thee, thou shalt not let him go away empty. Thou shalt furnish him liberally out of the flock, and out of thy floor, and out of thy winepress, out of that wherewith the Lord thy God hath blessed thee, thou shalt give unto them. 
Thou shalt remember that thou was a bondman in the land of Egypt. As the Lord thy God redeemed thee, therefore I command thee this thing today. This scripture is talking basically about somebody, if they was to do something to someone, and all of a sudden, to pay that debt off, they become a bond person to someone. As long as they can keep them slave to pay off the debt, as long as they were allowed was six years. After six years, he had gave them the opportunity to let them go free. But they didn't totally let them go free. They give, put some stuff in their hands, okay? This is where this scripture, this is the setting of this scripture. Verse 16, it says, And it shall be, if he say to thee, I will not go away from thee, because he loveth thee, and thine house, because he is well with thee. Then thou shalt take an awl, and thrust it through his ear unto the door, and he shall be thy servant forever. And also unto thy maidservant thou shalt do likewise. According to the law, as I said, a man who couldn't pay a debt off that he owed, he become that servant to that creditor in order to work the debt off. You and I owe a debt we cannot pay. Amen. And when we come to God, Sister Michelle, and we give it all out on that altar, there's no way we can pay for our sin. I don't care how righteous you may think you are. We have all been such a dirty, rotten, scoundrel sinners that there's no way we can pay the price. Amen. So Jesus paid it, Sister Linda. But you know what? I see this trend. I see it in church. It's what I'm talking about today. After six years, after debt's been paid, and they get a little bit used to life and they start thinking, I'm getting my life all back together now. After six years of coming gone, these people say, you know what? My debt's paid. You paid all my debt. I got a good job now. I got my marriage all back together. I got my life all together. See you, church. I don't need y'all no more. How many times have we seen it? Many, many times. But if during this time, this person decides that his master that he's working for, he's a good man to work for. Amen. He could just voluntarily just say, you know what? I don't want this to just be a slave work for you. I want to stay with you and commit to you the rest of my life because you're good to me. Right. This is what I'm talking about today. When people just come to the house of God to fix something temporal in this world, they won't stay. Because when the temporary gets fixed, they're out the door. But Sister Janet, this man he's talking about here, he's like, you know what? My life's all together. I don't want to go back out there. I don't want to go back out in that world. I remember what it was like in sin. I remember what it was like out there being a slave to sin. I'd rather be, I want him to be my master. Amen, amen, <laughs> so, so in doing this, he said, I want to have a lifelong commitment to this master. This is what I'm talking about today. When people make their mind up that I don't want to just serve him long enough to get my temporal debt paid off, but I want to live for him for eternity. I want to commit to this. And doing this, he agrees. I'm going to permanently let you be my master 
to do whatever the master requires of me. All right? So, if the master agrees, and he will, when you're talking about Jesus, he's okay for you to commit to him with life. Amen. Matter of fact, that's what he wants. He wants us to commit yeah. to him with life. He says, let's go see the judge. Thank you, Mr. David. David made this for me. Here, Texas. <laughs> Don't worry, I want you to hold it. He says, let's go before the judge. And when we go before the judge, you know what he does? He takes an awl. Anybody know what an awl is? This is an awl. And looking and, and, and searching about this sermon, you know, I found out the oldest known tool to be around today is the awl. They have found one that's 7,000 years old. And the purpose of the all, it was one of the most important tools during the early days. Because what the all does, you would take the all and you would drive a hole through leather. And then you would take that leather that you have stripped off, the little thin pieces, and you would take that all and you would shove it inside of that leather. And you'd push that leather strip into the other leather strip doing what? Connecting the two together. What have I been talking about today? Connection. So this important little tool, you know what it's made for? To connect something with something. Amen. So I wonder how ironic. I've always, always wondered when I read that scripture, that my goodness, take an awl, drive it. He's, this is what you do. You take the awl. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and you, and you, you go to not just anywhere, but they go to the doorpost, all right? And it take that all and it drive it through that ear into the doorpost. And the reason they've done that, it was signifying and letting that master know, I want to be connected to your house. Amen. I want to be connected to your house for the rest of my life. Amen. And that's why that all was so important. And it take that all. It's like, Master, you've been good to me. I don't want to go back out there. I, I enjoy working for you. You've been good to me. Can I stay at your house? He says, sure, son. But if you're going to stay with me, we're going to have to go before all the judges. In other words, you know who the judge in this world is? They're out there in the world. Yeah. And we got to let them know, I'm connected to the kingdom of God, hallelujah, by the door. I'm going to take, and I'm going to let them drive that all right through my ear, connected to the door, to the house of God, hallelujah, letting everybody know I am connected to the house of God. Okay, so let's take it just a little bit step further because I didn't write this down, but the Holy Ghost just put it in my spirit. Let me take it just a little bit further because I know where there's a doorpost that keeps us connected, praise God. We find it in the Word of God. You know what they've done? They took blood and put it over top of the doorpost. And when you stay behind the blood of that doorpost, I don't care what the devil may do, he's got to stay away from you because even when he's coming, the death angel trying to take you, when you're behind the blood of that doorpost, guess what happened when they take that all and drive it through your 
ear. There's blood that's going to go down that doorpost. We need the blood of Jesus in our life. We need to be connected, praise God, to the house of God. If you're going to stay in the church, you've got to be willing to say, okay, God, drive that all through my ear. I want to be connected to the house of God. So if you're struggling to stay in the church, you're struggling to be here. If somebody may listen to this on podcast a little bit later, if you're struggling to be in the house of God, you've got to be connected. Church, we've got to do our part to stay connected. Tristan, you don't, you don't understand, son. Don't you hear me? When I, when I send you a message on, on Sunday mornings, it's okay. Listen to me. When I'm sending you a message on, on Sunday morning messenger, I'm waiting for that red. And I'm waiting to say, yes, come pick me up. Amen. Because when it does, I know that you're staying connected to me. Amen. It's not just me. You, you, you don't understand. When, when I send you a message, those of you who've got iPhones, I, I can usually tell... Hey, I've read it. That's either good or frustrating. Because <laughs> you read it and don't reply back, and oh God. <coughs> we got to stay connected. Amen. Whatever we got to do to stay connected. And listen to me. Sometimes the connection is rough, okay? Yeah. You go through some rough things in life, you go through bumps. But Jimmy, when we're connected, buddy, we're staying together. I, I might fall down by myself but if I'm connected to you yeah. no let me rephrase it I'm going to fall down yeah. but if I'm connected to you pull me back up goodness gracious come here Tristan let me help you bud help me out alright when, when we got we got young people like this I'm proud of him mom and dad don't come to church he rides the bus. He comes when he can. Amen. He's a typical teenage boy. Amen. And I love him and I'm proud of him for coming. Amen. But you know what he's going to do? He's going to be like me and you. He's going to mess up. Amen. And when he falls down, when you know you don't need, he don't need the church going to Yeah, let's just shove him down a little farther. We need to pick him up. Amen. We don't need to be the voice of condemnation. Yeah, I knew you were going to mess up. I knew you were going to know what we need. Is that, you know what? Yeah, that, that hurts. Yeah, you made a mistake. Let me tell you how to fix it. And we, we give him correction and we love him. Amen. We need each other. Amen. We need to stay connected. I, I'm proud of you, buddy. I'm proud. We need each other. I'm, I'm thankful for them being here today. You don't, sometimes you don't know what it means when... when when you're on our, this side of the fence and somebody right. walks through the door right. at the right time yeah. and the right moment. Amen. When we were going through struggles, Brother Cliff's sister, Paula, would just walk through the door out of nowhere every once in a while. And do just what she did. For do just what morning. Sister Hussey did today. Amen. Just go and lay hands and pray. Amen. And strength. You don't know when you're feeling a need 
to text somebody in the church or call somebody or go knock on their door. I promise you, it's not the devil telling you, hey, go just check on Linda and see how she's doing. I promise you, it's not the devil telling you, well, Stephanie's not here today. Just text her or call her or put a message on Facebook saying, hey, I missed you. You know what that is? That's the body reaching out and connecting, praise God, trying to keep them in the house of God because if we let down our I don't know I don't know where the story originated. I've read it and heard it. I heard Brother White tell it. I, I know I'm, I'm sorry, I just seem like I'm rambling right now, but I'm just trying to finish my burden here what I'm feeling. There was this young lady who was in, in a church. I don't know if it was Brother White's church or where it was. Uh, and she was she's a piano player. And she was not doing right. She was kind of doing wrong. She didn't need to be on the piano and the pastor was praying about it like I got to confront her and I'm probably going to take her off the piano because she don't need to be up there leading the church living that lifestyle. And he had a dream and he dreamed that this girl that he was talking he was praying about that she was in the ocean and the ocean was going up and down in turmoils and she was hanging on to that piano with everything she had in her dear life. He woke up, and the Lord let him know that piano is the only thing that's keeping her connected to the church right now. And if you take that away from her, she's going to drown. So hear me today. If you see me do things, sometimes you're like, why is he doing that? Why, why, why? If you begin to question, you don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know how I'm dealing with somebody. You don't know that I'm, that may be the only thing that's keeping them connected to the church. So if I'm having long suffering, now sometimes I may be blind to it. I don't know. That happens too. But it's, you know what? we got to understand that, yeah, that person might not be doing exactly right. Or, but, but, but are you? I'm not always. And we got to be understanding that, that we got to stay connected somehow to each other and to the church because this church is the hope for us connecting to God. Amen. Amen. I'm going to say this. I'll be done today. I got put, put my, I think it's the same scripture and quote. Put my opening scripture back up. I'm going to be done. We, we need to get connected. All right. Take volunteers after church. No. What we need is we need people to say, what can I do to help our church be connected to one another into the field? Here, here's the thing. Maybe it wasn't like this in your house, but in my house, I know some of you, I, I'm sorry for saying this. I know that some of you didn't have a good mom or a good dad. I'm, and I'm sorry if you didn't. I apologize for that. I had a good mom. I had a good dad. Lost my dad when I was 23. Mom died four years ago yesterday. Alzheimer's. Cheryl 
on you, my dad. He was rough and gruff, but he was a big teddy bear. I like seeing mad. Brother David, I couldn't always go to dad. I couldn't always go to dad since dad's I went to dad and told him some things. It's like, I could do. right? If he's a loving God, then why is people getting killed, this and that? We've heard that, right? That's why they need the church, which is the mother, to connect them to the Father. They need a church that may not understand everything that's happening the way because see his ways are above our ways and, and he sees so much more and, and, and things so much bigger. He's beyond us okay we can't always understand it but once the church is so connected with God we can we can bring them in and we can teach them Bible studies where they can understand how God works or, or we can show them the love of God and, and they can say how come you feel like it why do you love it we can tell them because God loved us and, and we can bring them in and let them and we can let them feel the love of the Father and we can be the church hallelujah what it's designed to be praise the Lord we are the connection for this world to Him. Need church. A few weeks ago, before Bishop White came, I preached that sermon. Don't die, before, don't die like a fool outside the realm of the church. The day when Paul came out of that, out of that bowels of that ship, and the storm of Eurachodon was going on in the Book of Acts. What he do? He told them in the middle of that storm. He said, "Stay in the boat." You know, this type of church. Stay in the church. Because the church is your connection to God. Something's got to get inside of every one of us that we can be like Paul. The scriptures. I'm ready now to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I follow the fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. I stay there. I fought. Henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, should give me at the day, not to me only, but to all them also. That love. If we can stay connected to eternity. This is what I'm preaching about today. Sister Chastity, Sister Janet, we stay connected to eternity. And our best hope is stay connected to the church. The church, this is not how we need to do this.
making our doors, Brother, Brother Jimmy Tony said we're making our doors smaller and smaller. We need to make the doors bigger. To allow more people to get in here. More connections. Amen. Somebody say stay. when most people get divorces do you know the statistics are not as strong from getting divorces nowadays it's a little bit different they don't stay married very long but if they get past five years you know what when most people get divorced after 20 years it's when the kids are gone and they've lost their connection we can fix that let's don't ever let the kids leave <laughs> no we just keep having babies right keep having babies keep having babies keep the excitement in the house of God keep on praise God we get a new one in here tonight I don't got to worry about this one done that to me and that one done that to me but if we got a new one in here praise Lord we're excited about baby Corbin we're excited about baby Brooklyn and we're we're excited about all these other babies in the house of God and this is what we need because I, I've seen babies I'm trying to win it ain't working right? 
My foreman. My foreman. My used to be foreman. He's he's done died now. And uh, I had the privilege of baptizing him several years ago in the name of Jesus. He's in God's hands. I, I don't know where he's at right now. But Sister Penny, he went through a battle. His oldest son, his stepson, got with a black girl. It's extremely prejudiced. Extremely prejudiced. They weren't married. He got with this black girl. She got pregnant. And he was so upset. You gotta understand, Dee Lee was from Georgia. Extremely prejudiced. Couldn't count the times I've had to walk away from his prejudice jokes. But after that boy got that girl pregnant, he had a hard time. Because my son, this little black girl, no. Let me tell you something. I want you to keep coming to the house of God. But I'm getting tired of just seeing you. I want you to keep coming, but I want you to connect to somebody else and bring them to the house of God. We got some things working in our head, but we know what we're going to try to do. We're going to try to create some kind of connect groups. And, and because let me tell you what, the churches that are thriving, that thrive through the pandemic, are the churches that had connect groups. And it didn't matter if they shut their church down. They were still having churches in homes. They still having churches here. They still having churches there. And that's what we need in our church. We need to have connect groups. We connect to one another. Go out and eat. Hang out. Disagree. Then make up. Kiss and get it over with. And let's have fellowship and love and connect to each other. Amen. I want us to come talk to the Lord and say, Jesus, I want to connect back with you today. I want to connect back with your people. Let's just talk to the Lord today. Hallelujah. He is mighty. He's worthy. Let's find a place in prayer.